Hello clinicians and hello my peers. You're back with me for another episode of the Becoming Healers podcast. I am your host, Dr. Larato Khatle, and it is my pleasure to be with you again, to have another conversation with a clinician who is doing the absolute most to ensure that we are on a journey to becoming healers. This week's guest is so super, super special to me. But before I introduce her to you, I want us to run through our normal weekly routine of celebrating one another. This season has been incredibly powerful and meaningful to myself and many of our listeners. And I want to thank you. Thank you all so much for tuning in week on week or anytime you get the opportunity to listen to this podcast. And I truly hope that the sharing of knowledge amongst each other the sharing of hope amongst each other has added great value to you i feel hope in the air people are getting vaccines the front line is feeling safer and that really really makes me happy to see and so that helps me kick into the appreciation segment of the podcast as you know this is the opportunity we have designed for you the listener to come out boldly and celebrate those people around you who are making life easier it's so important for for us in this journey as we try to become healers those clinicians who are clinically sound operationally excellent and have the power to make a difference at the bedside and beyond it's important for us to be able to cultivate environments that make that possible and one of the ways to do that is to value appreciation it's no secret that it's easy to feel very unappreciated and undervalued in the healthcare system particularly the public healthcare sector but the little things we do to each other make a huge difference and that's why this appreciation segment exists so if you want to step in if you want to celebrate and highlight those peers colleagues or even mentors who are making this journey easier for you i encourage you to do that it will add value to them to know that they are seen and their impact and contribution is making a difference and you can do that simply by sending a text or a voice note to the number 066-246-3302 It's a WhatsApp line, and when I get that, I'll make sure to incorporate it into the next episode of Becoming Healers. And while I have not yet received a voice note from any of our listeners yet, I remain encouraged because I know that this will be a segment that people hold on to and begin to enjoy in the future. And for now, I'm going to take the opportunity to celebrate you because I believe you need to hear it. And the people who are on my heart today are the interns, the newbies. Homies, it's been three months since you started your jobs. Well done. You are killing the game. You are managing money. You are adulting full force now. And I just want to celebrate you. It's not easy to do this. And it can be really hard um, to transition into new spaces or to shift into blocks. I also believe you're the group of interns who aren't going to do community service. So you're facing a quite a different model. But well 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 done and thank you to the seniors around you if there are many or if there are few who are making it easier for you to navigate this public health care system well done i hope you are encouraged i hope it's not feeling as burdensome and where the pressures are hard that you know you have the opportunity to make a difference your youth your mind your ideas they're valued and they are welcomed so congratulations to all our interns who are surviving and thriving this journey of internship in the public health care sector we are so so proud of you all right and that helps me kick into introducing our next guest but before i introduce this next guest i just want to give you context for this episode over the past few episodes we really have been made aware by our peers and our clinician leaders and innovators of the challenges facing clinicians relationally from our conversation with dr adil khan and even with um, deborah and joelle in med talks We got a sense and a reality of how painful it can be to work amongst people who don't see you clearly, who minimize you, who degrade you. And I really wanted to use this episode in particular to connect you to another truth so that we can journey towards perspectives that empower us. And one of the things that I deeply value, and if you know me, you know this is true, is the mentorship relationship. It is one of those relationships I believe a leadership relationship where you can use the exposure to someone who's walking a journey you would like to see yourself standing in one day and use that exposure and use that relationship to help you become 
I have been blessed greatly by a number of mentors in my journey thus far. And in this episode, I'm inviting you to lean in on a conversation I'll be having with one of my mentors. So I hope it absolutely blesses you. But most importantly, I hope it encourages you to look for mentorship yourself. This is something that we offer at Young MD. So on, in June of every year, we have a mentorship application cycle and the mentorship program is called Young MD Cultivate. This is a year-long mentorship experience where we connect clinicians who have an idea about the path they want to take in medicine to those clinicians who are doing exactly that. The journey is both a professional and a personal journey, and we divide the year into four terms and we focus on four big themes across both the personal and the professional aspect. It's fully digitized, it's fully virtual, and currently we have 10 mentees working with nine mentors across multiple disciplines to journey towards becoming the best version of themselves. So after you hear this episode, I hope that if you are encouraged or if you are interested in becoming a mentee, under the Yangdi program, you will apply in June. Everybody is welcome from the sixth year medical student up, up to the registrar, and everybody's welcome to apply to be a mentor at any point in time in the year, as long as you can account for experience in a given field. Uh, though we do prioritize training specialists or specialists or those who can prove that they have some sort of speciality if it's not a clinical discipline. So I truly hope that this episode absolutely blesses you. And so, let's introduce our guest. Our next guest is no stranger to the Becoming Healers platform, nor the Young MD platform. She is family. And once we have the conversation, you'll hear through the questions I ask her why she's so special to me and to the Young MD family. Dr. Nomshato Afalayan is a boss, a mom, and a wife. That is what she is well known for. But here at the Young MD family, she is one of our founding mentors and a mentor to me as well as many other people who cross her path. She is Dr. Mommy and we love her because she mothers us in so many ways. And it is my distinct honor and pleasure to introduce you to her. She's currently a senior medical officer at OR Tambo Hospital in Johannesburg. Ladies and gentlemen, please help me welcome Dr. Nomshato Afalayan, a.k.a. Boss, Mom, Wife, a.k.a. Dr. Mommy. Welcome, Dr. Afalayan. Thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. This is a, an extremely special episode for me because you are more than just a mentor. You're a mentor who's become a friend a confidant and an accountability partner in life. So I appreciate the opportunity for people to listen to you and to lean in on our relationship as an opportunity to understand the depth that mentorship relationships or the depth of value rather that mentorship relationships can add into their life. So can you please um, just share with the audience why you value mentorship? Why is it that you choose to mentor people like myself <laughs> <laughs> hi everybody um mentorship for me I think the reason why I resonate with it so well is it's something I always hope for for myself it's the one thing that was missing or that was not as apparent as I wished it was in my life I'm sure people mentored us slowly little bit by little bit mm. in our whole journey but I don't think anybody was actually intentional about it and I've like once I got an opportunity to do it for other people, once I think I met uh, Masuime, uh, well, right now she's... She's pro. Yes. <laughs> so once I met her and she literally gave us a piece of her heart, a piece of her story. She shared so many things about her life that made it possible or easier for me to journey in my own life as a registrar, as a doctor, as a mother, as a surgeon. Like she made mm. it possible or look possible to become the best version of myself in all the worlds that I exist in. So I wanted that so badly that I want to give it to anybody else who will receive it. Like I'm just in that space who wants to hear that it's possible. Like I just want to give wow. enough of myself to help someone else find themselves in the space that we find ourselves in because I think we serve in a system or a space that takes a lot out of us that mm. demands a lot out of us so a lot of us are not programmed or switched on to giving to those we serve with not those we serve so it's easy for me to give to patients it's easy for me to give instructions to the nurse to the OT or whoever else is in my team 
but it's not that easy or not that it's not that part of our system to give to each other to give to our juniors like i don't know we don't have that cultivative nature mm. in some teaching institutions or in some relationships that we form as we work so i've always been so hungry and i talk a lot so I mean, if you're not, <laughs> not mentoring me, then and I'm not mentoring anybody, then I have no reason to speak as much as I do, unless I'm speaking about clinical things. Come on, world. <laughs> that is so special. I know for me, at least, like you're not someone who just talks a lot. What you what you say adds such immense value, and I think you hit such a powerful nerve in me um, when you were just speaking about trying to get people who are hungry to be fed. And this idea of not having the capacity to feed each other. That's yeah. been a theme that I think has resonated in this season and definitely a perspective I want to see crumble. You know, what does it look like for us to become, even if it's not in a mentorship relationship, those clinicians who have the capacity to see that they can give to somebody next to them. And it doesn't mean it's going to take from them. Um, that, it, that, it, that that is actually the place where an exchange happens as opposed to at the bedside. You have to go back to Randy when you go there. <laughs> Dr. <Lampel>. <laughs> like, <laughs> hello, Dr. Motivation. Yes. If it does not come from inside of you, if there's mm-hmm. no some self-care, some self-motivation, some self-effort, like... I think Randy speaks a lot about taking initiative about who you are, where you're going, what you want out of life. Take Like she's very much about what are we doing here? Like as yeah. an individual, personally, yeah. and until we as doctors, as clinicians, as people of the healthcare system, all the way down to the quarter, don't have enough inside ourselves in a system that is ready to take, that is literally built to take, we're going to struggle. So you can't mentor if you don't know yourself. You can't, you can't give to the person yeah. next to you if you don't have. Or some of us, actually, I know I'm a feeder of humans, but that feeding of another feeds me the most. Like right. I receive from that space more than the person that's taking from me or that has been given from my capacity. So once I stop doing that, I know I switch off something inside of me that literally puts me on stuck puts me on the mud. I remember you did stuck in the mud. Yeah. Like I get stuck in my mud. So when I hold on to myself, when I can't give, when I can't, when I can't be the light in the room, then I get stuck. So I think people need to be conscious about who they are, what is available inside of them. Other people are not talkative, but they have great strategies for studying. They have great strategies for managing a ward they know a lot about um interpersonal relationships and how to manage conflict and so you don't have to be jolly and tip-top and all over the show but everybody has something inside of them big and small that they can share with the person next to them patients and the colleague i think the patient one a lot of us went to school for the patient so a lot of us will try our best to fit into the patient's needs but we struggle with each other because everybody thinks you should bring your game for the patient, but we don't bring our game for each other. And I think if you know what you, I mean, I think they like to say, whatever your struggle is, that's your purpose. So I remember yeah. as much as I was all over the show, I was happy, I was, but I felt like nobody was interested in me as an individual. Mm. Like nobody wanted to know how am I doing? Like we, unless you are my friend, like people rarely ever asked, how are you? Like, what are you up to? Like, what are you doing with your finances? Like, I think if it wasn't for my husband, I don't know where I would be today because Miguel <laughs> likes things. Miguel <laughs> likes to spend. <laughs> and my husband is just like, pause, like, hey, girl, can we review that just a yeah. little bit? You know, but I don't know if everybody has a great husband. I don't know if everybody yeah. has a great sister who stands by you. I don't know if everybody has a good family structure, meaning then I can be your big sister given half the mm. opportunity, you know? And so it takes a lot of knowing myself so that I can be able to give to someone else. So I think that's the, that's the task for every healthcare professional. Find out what's inside of you that you can give to someone else without losing yourself. Yo. And I think that's where we start and read Randy's book. I'm sure it's coming. <laughs> yeah, it's coming. Also yours, because you have so many, you have so many quotables that you say. I, I lost what you just said now. Um, 
but what you just said now that last phrase i'm going to find it and i'm going to review it in the in the end of the podcast was deeply powerful but i think even yeah. this idea of um knowing yourself is a place that many junior doctors at least don't know how to do for the most part who they are has been the boffin the academic who scored high marks then you get to med school and like that identity falls to pieces for the majority of us there are many there are some who keep it but for the majority of us you know we we struggle our way through med school then you come out and then you're nothing in the healthcare sector and I say this because I remember so vividly I was in Abzengani at Rahima Musa when I told you what I wanted to do with Young MD. And I can't remember your exact words, but you made me feel like it was possible. You made me feel like if I don't do it, I'm like a liar. So I must show up in this world and do what I said I could do. Um, but a lot of people seem to believe at least that the seniors above them won't have the time of day to see them or don't care enough to know them. What would you say to those people? Because even me in my own journey, I have found that that's a lie we tell ourselves. Most people genuinely wouldn't mind to, to step into your world and have the opportunity to contribute to your journey if you let them. I think what, you, what has resonated a lot in all the episodes that I have listened to, and you know I'm a religious listener, <laughs> And I sit there in my, cry, in my car and I cry <laughs> and I send the episode to everybody that I know. And I'm just like, guys, do you know what's happening in the world of medicine? It's a lie that we tell ourselves indeed. Um, but I think the next generation of doctors is so brave. Like she mm. or he is out there and hungry and thirsty. So she must ask for help. He or she must ask for help. Speak up. You just said the most important thing, the most real thing about mentorship. People are out there, they are ready, they are willing. They just mm. don't have the capacity, especially in a space where it wasn't done for them. Uh, especially in a space where you're overwhelmed, you're a family member, you're a partner as in a husband or a wife or a baby mom or a baby daddy or whatever. You are the surgeon, you are the student in your space. There is so much that a mentor at any given point is facing that sometimes mm. it's not easy for them to think and look, oh, look at this cute little one. Maybe she needs a word of encouragement. So it's so important for young people to just nudge the right people. Stick around people who have light. Stick around mm. people who, who have clinical acumen that you aspire to have. People who have mm. ethical values that you, you are interested in. People who have religious, um, spiritual, whatever like find the light in each and every person around you and tap into it. Ask the right questions. Don't give up. Don't, don't be deterred by my tiredness today. Give me a chance again tomorrow. Mm. Like don't, don't give up on us either. We are also from a broken system trying to heal. So work mm. with us. Don't give up on us. Like sometimes I meet young people and you can just see these people so excited to be here. They're so pumped. But I know what is coming for them. And I'm always just, so I try to hold on to the ones who try to hold on to me. I try to hold on to the ones who are trying to escape me because they know I'm about to get in their business. But <laughs> I'm I one also of appreciate that young one. <laughs> I also appreciate that young one who comes for me anyway. Dr. Flynn, what do you think about this? Dr. Flynn, what is this? Dr. Flynn, why are you always telling us about your husband? Dr. Flynn, <laughs> we all know you have two kids. Like everybody knows my life. Because mm -hmm. I just want doctors to know you're human above all else. Like it's okay to be a mom in the midst of your surgical experience. Because I find that surgeons think once you are guarding as a surgeon, that's the only thing you can do. So I, I like to present a normalness in doctorhood. Like I want to, I want us to, like I remember small things like when we got saved, people were like, ah, they, what happened? When did God drop his standards that he started saving people like you? When we oh. walk around in the street, if you see me dancing, I'm 100% sure you're going to think there's no way she's got a medical degree. There's no way <laughs> yeah. she's a specialist in a field. Like if you see me in my happiest, like in my most vibrant nature, people are always asking, how did you become a doctor? Aren't you supposed to be a dancer or a TV show <laughs> something? No, guys, this is who we are. Like we can be any and absolutely everything. We can do it all. We just have to we time ourselves, face it. We 
like I'm also learning how to become like I'm literally amazed at myself daily like wow mm. girl you are that resilient wow girl you are, <laughs> you are the girl creative. you think you are like I'm also, <laughs> yeah like I'm also trying to step into this greatness you know mm. but I also know there's a poem that I, I just forgot it in context but that when you reach into your greatness you give others permission to do the same yeah. so the more you light up you give others the permission to shine like you spark that little fire inside of somebody that the world or experiences and situations has managed to darken and no light cannot be consumed it cannot be eradicated it cannot be destroyed so there's always that light i'm the angriest doctor the most rudest doctor there's that thing inside of them that's just waiting for somebody to light it up, to give it some type of inspiration. So that's that. That's the person I'm working for. That person who has given up on kindness in the healthcare system, on, on laughing, on greeting, on hugs. Like, mm. we know COVID is lit, but there are still some yeah. people in the hospital who need a hug. Like, so it is true. so real. And 95 on, PP on sometimes, and give somebody a good hug to mm. say we're all in this together. Do not give up. So I don't know. Don't give up on us. It's not over yet. We're all part of the same team. You're trying to come into this broken place. We're trying to keep this broken place moving. But mm. I think we can heal each other. We can catch each other. We can graft each other. Like we need each other as much as the patients need us. So don't give, us, give up on us young people. Like come for <laughs> us come for us we're coming we're coming for you and I think one of the things I must say I really appreciate about our mentorship relationship is your willingness to be vulnerable I think in the mentorship relationship in particular the mentee while they might be the pulse of the relationship you know initially asking the questions driving and pulling from the mentor they they truly need the permission from the mentor to be vulnerable. And that's something I think you do incredibly well. And I think it leans heavily on what you just spoke about in terms of presenting the truest form of yourself, which is all of you. Um, it's not just the theater, you know, God, it's not just the registrar, it's not just who you are in the clinical context, it's all of who you are. How, how do you maintain the courage to bring that forward all the time? And especially in the mentorship relationship where someone could see you differently if you presented that. Oh girl. So you in my spiritual business like that. That's <laughs> but we're always in each other's business. So I feel like <laughs> it's the same. <laughs> <laughs> so literally I was literally just asking God in my spirit, like, what is my purpose? Like, why did I become a doctor? Like, how did we get here? Mm. And God just spoke to a big piece about me of allowing myself to be vulnerable to serve. Like my, my greatest purpose, I believe, is to serve. Serve those around me, so serve those I love, serve mm. the healthcare system, serve, serve our patients. Mm. Like, I'm just about service. And service mm. often involves a lot of the skill that I have but I've seen that because I've been called to something that I, I I've coined or named a spiritual cardiologist is I have to be able to be vulnerable in any situation in order to serve so I serve with my story I serve with my pain I I'm that girl who is willing to be the only one not wearing a hat in a room of everybody wearing a hat like Mm. I've been blessed enough to be brave enough to sit in the heat, like to just be uncomfortable just so that it serves the space we're in. So I'll tell you my story if it means everybody else gets an opportunity to tell their story or speak into somebody else's story. So I don't know where it comes from, but I remember even in church, if I had a burning sensation to say something I would literally end up feeling like the chair is burning me and I need to stand up and say whatever it is that I need to say oh. at the risk of everybody thinking, how can, why would you tell us? Like, <laughs> but yeah. as much as there's that community who says, how can, how can you say that? There's a big, 
big community that's just like thank god thank somebody you. said that thank god somebody said we are not okay thank god somebody said it's possible to get through this phase of my life thank god the boldest most beautiful person i know mm. says sometimes mm. she can't do it and she depends on a hug and she depends on somebody saying hello and she depends on somebody smiling at her like i don't know where it comes from but i know i'm that girl who can stand in the gap and be like we are not okay but watch the space and somebody else can hold on to that and somebody else can hold on to that so that's that's i think is where it all comes from for me like i have that burning itch like we can't be quiet we can't be silent what can we do to assist like when you when i listen to your podcasts like i want to run out of the car and save the world like <laughs> the internet no like my sister recently sent me some tapping meditation thing that you do to calm yourself down in anxious situations yeah. interns know about it today like i remember when randy shared one of her interns had made a box of things to when yes. you're taking blood for patients and whatsoever organizing things interns will know about it the minute i did. like i just exist to give like my purpose in life mm. is to serve some it's a bitter sweet sweet relationship with the human race but it's my relationship so i just need to mm. learn how to work with it daily and to give enough so that it gives back to me but also like keep myself the consciousness of the self becomes so extremely important the self care the self love yeah. self awareness i think self awareness yeah. feeds the care feeds the love feeds the functionality of the self so I mean I remember when Randy actually spoke about self care self love self awareness I was just <laughs> like oh girl you're stepping in the river right now <laughs> and I think if you listen to the first episode of Young MD with me and Randy yes. it's like the same human at completely different poles but coming yeah. for the same kind of love like So me like it's it's always like I feed a lot off of her she feeds a lot off of my yes. energy and my perspective I hope yes. I think <laughs> I think so too <laughs> and it somehow keeps everything running and rolling so i mean mm-hmm. the whole self care self awareness thing has really woken me up to my own ability to serve and how to take care of myself so i have constantly enough to give to others sure i hope i answered your question <laughs> I think you more than answered my question and it was such a blessing to listen to how convicted you are for a life of service and I almost want to ask as an extension how do we make this legacy because one of the things I also see that's missing in our healthcare sector is it's easy for us all to build our own so you can we can we can still especially in South Africa all fight to be the first of something you know um even if it's not in the sector at large but in your context you can still fight to be the first but there's very little legacy building happening how do we make sure that you know the interns who you are around engaging with now have the capacity to become registrars and consultants who have this much fervor and fire because as we said we work in a sector that can take from you but how do we protect those parts of us that make us veterans of service until the end i think a lot of it will have to we have to humanize ourselves degrade ourselves mm. like we must be willing God. to get off the pedestal too because i think mm. i mean covid alone dropped us off the pedestal made us human we started getting covid mm. as much as our our patients we started unfortunately losing loved ones losing doctors losing healthcare worker mm. losing the front mm. line started like made us human yeah. again i think i mean covid did a lot of things but i think one of the things that if we don't say it out we might miss it is covid humanized doctors and nurses and yeah. the whole healthcare system as a whole so maybe get off the pedestal and while we off the pedestal find ways to empower ourselves and empower each other we have to actually invest in the doctor as a human being the doctor yeah. as a source of life mm. needs to be invested in so she can always produce she can always give she can it's i mean the human body heals itself doctors can heal yeah. themselves 
I mean, it's the responsibility of the psychologist, the psychiatrist to tap into the doctor space and be like, um, guys, how are we doing this? How are we doing that? How are mm. we coping? I know they've tried many times for debriefs and all sorts of uh, group sessions to assist doctors, but we don't invest in them. We don't keep up with them and they are not priority. So if you don't prioritize our own health, our own coping mechanisms, our own upliftment and our own um, nurturing, you only prioritize my fingers and my brain as a clinical movement and you miss mm. out on me as just a functional human being who can actually mm. pick up those clinical skills, retain them in my head, retain the surgical skills and perfect them. Then you lose it. You disconnect me somewhere. Mm. So I think a lot, I mean, a lot of depression, a lot of, a lot of um, alcohol abuse, drug abuse. Um, I hear doctors are sexaholics and all sorts of things to cope mm. because people didn't allow us to be human. We're not allowed to say we are struggling. I remember recently in a meeting, they were presenting the new ARV guideline and the how dolutogravir um, affects all the drugs and all sorts of things. And I just mm. expressed how this is such an information overload. And is there not a better way? Because doctors are struggling. I mean, we have so much mm. on our hands as it is. Now to mm. add all of these adjustments that we must do with this dolutogravir um, drug, is there, are we aware what effect that has as a healthcare system? And I was told, like an older generation doctor told me, doctors are not allowed to struggle. Doctors are not allowed to be confused. Oh. We must learn, go and read and figure it out because our job is to serve the people of South Africa. And I was thrown aback, like, but this is it. This is it. Mm. Like you are saying, I'm not allowed to complain. You're saying I'm not allowed to be human. You're saying, actually, I asked the question with solutions. I never asked that question not knowing how this can be solved. I just... yeah. I just, I was opening the conversation and then I would have then eventually said, because sometimes you must allow the people who bring the information to say, these are the best way to manage this and so forth. And then say, oh, okay, is it possible for us to add one, two, three and the rest, you know? But I was shot back by this narrative, this toxic relationship we have as healthcare workers with the healthcare system and with our patients and with mm. our abilities. Like we are superhuman, we are frontliners. Like I remember, I think you, you must have heard this. I hate being called a frontliner. I hate being called mm, a hero. I know. Like I am a doctor. I am here to serve. I fall when you fall. I bleed when you bleed. I cry when you cry. When patient, patient, family members were crying because they have lost somebody. Like, can you imagine how it hit us? Like when. Mm. Patients couldn't speak to their family. I remember we'd be buying airtime for family, for patients to call their homes, to call video, like whatever we could. Like it hit us. We were not heroes in the context of Superman who gets shot and is able to heal himself. We went home and we prayed and we fasted. Our families were scared. Like humanize us. And the minute you humanize us is the minute you can give us strength again. Because now you must treat me like I actually, I'm next to you. Like now you can walk into the room and say, good morning, Dawadela. Because I'm not some superhero. I'm not God. I'm not, I'm not far from you. I'm right here. Now you can literally speak to me in Venek. Because I am human. I'm just like you. I just have a medical degree to pick up the amount of love I have for you and the community I'm here to serve. So I think humanize doctors, humanize doctors. Doctors can then go to therapy without feeling like they are weak. Doctors can then yeah. go hiking without feeling like they should rather be studying. Doctors can learn how to cook for their families so that mm. they are more human. So that when I'm home, can I be fully present? Can I have the skills for my home? home too. Mm. When I'm with my friends, can I be fully present so that when I'm hiking, I'm not thinking, yo, I could have done six questions by now. Like humanized <laughs> doctors. Yeah. It will help. It will help. I think that's my solution. Sure. That was so like complete, for lack of a better term. Um, and I really love what you spoke about just in terms of giving each other the opportunity to see ourselves as what we are, which is completely human. Yes, we've got this ability to understand the body and know where it falls short. 
but we also have that same body and it can fall apart in us and in ourselves in our own individual capacities and in many times <laughs> our minds you know are the place where where we wrestle where we fight you know i usually ask people a question which i think people must go do their homework and find out what your hope for south african healthcare is because you've been a guest <laughs> on yang md's episodes before so if you guys <laughs> go back to season one the first episode for giving south african healthcare you'll hear what i hope for south african healthcare is so i want to ask a different question today i want to ask you what is your greatest pain um in the south african healthcare system um, and and how would you alleviate it? Like, where, where, where do you think our pain is? When you see us, where's our pain? Oof. Our pain is so much. It's it's. There's many different um, subcategories to pain in the healthcare system. Oof. Mm, girl, you just touched on a big one. And it's also <laughs> no. a tough question because you also have to be very gentle about what you say so that mm. you never alienate one type of doctor. Mm. You always have to always create a space where we can all come together and serve diligently and wholly and intentionally, you know? Mm. Our pain, a big one that I think I've already mentioned, that we've been dehumanized, we've been put on a pedestal and then left out to dry as healthcare professionals. And I mean... Doctors and nurses at large, I don't think the nurses are spared. Uh, they just yeah. receive a bigger lashing than we do on a daily basis. Okay. Our pedestal sometimes is a little higher than theirs, but that mm. just means our fall is a little harder than theirs anyway, you know? Yeah. And then um, a big pain is oof, sometimes a bit of the racial segregation. It's not always sure. fair. Maybe life yeah. is not fair. And, I desire way too much for the world we live in, but sometimes the racial injustices are too obvious and they are continuing. And sometimes I think it's because there's there's a doctor who won't speak up for him or herself because they're not really sure where do they fit in. Like we feel introduced to medicine, like it was given to us yet if you look back many many years of, on our own culture on our own existence yeah. as a people we've only yeah. had medicine you know sure we just need to be woke to who we are so that we can bring more to the game so that we can we can exist a little bit better and sure. i think there's a loss in longevity and legacy mm-hmm. amongst Black doctors, I don't think we give back to each other as much as we do. Sometimes I feel our counterparts are very intentional about yeah. uh, grooming each other, about helping helping, helping each other find the stepping stones, mm. about creating comfort or creating a path for their own. And we just, if I had it hard, you're going to have it hard too. Like if exactly. I didn't make, if I had to write my exam three times, and you do too, so so be it. And that's the story we tell. And I think a more united front would have been better. A more, a less colorless front, a less, I mean, there's a small thing that I've noticed where um, people don't make effort to say my name because it's difficult. Um, and I don't, I mean, I've been trying to teach people how actually that that on its own, is as a young doctor coming and someone refuses to say Dr. Afolayan and then you want to ask me for a Christian name or you want to ask me what 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 can I call you that's a little bit easier like I don't know if people know how it's a subconscious demotion I will always call you Dr. Fanskower I'll make that effort I'll look at it I'll read (laughs) it three times if I have to but I will make an effort to your name and you yeah. look at mine and say, Dr. Ash, this name is so difficult. Is there nothing else we can call you? Mm. Small things like that. Like just seeing each other a little bit better. Like seeing each other a little bit more mm. honest. Like being present in each other's journey. Like mm. it would be nice to see everybody be more intentional about understanding the cultures we live in. When I worked in Naman's Kral, I was there, I'm... Swati slash Zulu. I know nothing yeah. about babies. But when I was in Haman's Kral, I was within Mugel. You couldn't tell Zulu girl. You understand? So I yeah. think 
Be intentional about the spaces you're in. Engage the people honestly and earnestly. Like get to know the people you're serving diligently. Mm. Like, oh, another big pain of mine is the lack of education of patients due to the overwhelmed doctor. And unfortunately, I don't think it's okay. We're overwhelmed, we're tired, we're overworked. But our patients need to be informed. Our patients need to be educated. You must draw for the patient if that's Mm. what you need to do for them to understand. You must call the sister to interpret for you if that's what we need to do to understand. Mm. Like, cannot treat the patient like she's uneducated and she can't or she cannot perceive beyond what you have gauged in your head. So you have to inform. Your patient cannot walk away and she doesn't know her viral load, yet you took it. It's unacceptable. So we have to also be fluid in information in medicine. Find ways to describe things that patients can understand a little better. Like we have to be intentional educators daily. It's actually not even negotiable. It's not negotiable. So that's another big pain that I see. And the mental health of the doctor, I'm always so worried about it. I am always like, I don't know how do we, like, I want to rescue the doctor. I want to rescue. I want to take him and her on holiday for a little bit, have a round table, kumbaya a little bit, tell us what you feel, what you're thinking, what would you like? I recently mm-hmm. asked interns, how can we make this experience better for you? And all of them were like, it's a tough question. No one's ever asked us. It's never yeah. really mattered how anyone else can make it better for us. We must make it better for you. I must pull more bloods faster, clock a little bit better, sure. blah, 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 blah. But no one's actually asked us, how can we make this experience better for you? So those are the small things that I'm constantly grappling with. Like I want to teach doctors how to love each other, like how to enjoy each other. Like we yes. spend so much of our time in the hospital together. Can we high five each other every once in a while? Can we share <laughs> a story and laugh about it? Can we bump each other and dance in the car doors like, hey, who's about to have a good day? Like, can we just be happy at work? Like, you're here anyway. Like, you're here anyway. Like, so those are the little bits and pieces that I I pray for and I hold on to daily and I try my best to be a better version of myself, of a doctor. Mm. Yeah. That's about it. Somewhere around there. That was so powerful. And I and I truly asked the question because I think in the season where we're trying to define perspectives and unpack the perspectives we can hold on to, it's so important to correctly identify what's blocking those perspectives. And oftentimes looking at life with a with a, a veil of pain or through the veil of pain can make it very, very challenging to see hope. So hope won't mean much if we're not clear about where the pain is coming from and how to anesthetize it, for lack of a better term. So the second part of this question is, what is our power? What do you think we have that we don't, we don't even think, we don't even see we have as doctors? And after you say it, I'm going to tell them what your power is. As a mentee who's watched you. (laughs) The most powerful thing we have that we don't always get a chance is the compassion Mm. the part of us they don't allow us to be is the strongest part of us the human part of me i have seen patients that needed no pill that needed no drip they just needed somebody to hear them out and to actually see them in their pain or Mm. in their discomfort i have prayed for patients because i had nothing else to offer I have, mm. I have, I have, I have hugged patients. Like I have been in a room where I have offered a hundred rand for the woman who delivers. Not, I am lying. It was five hundred rand for the woman who delivers a girl, the first girl child on New Year's Day, because everyone <laughs> knows I desire that daughter somehow. <laughs> I have two sons which I love dearly. Please don't get me wrong. <laughs> But the first girl child to be born, the mother was receiving 500 rands. The second, the first boy child to be born was receiving 350 because I have boys. I need to. <laughs> so just finding ways to create the happy. Yeah, no, no offense, guys. It's not a sexual thing. It's literally because I have two boys already. <laughs> 
So like find like the compassion, the light, the joy. Like, can you walk into your ward and everybody sits up because Dr. Fulain has arrived? Can the sisters be ready to serve you? to serve their patients because you have arrived with your light. I think that's our superpower that we don't tap into enough because we are, we walk in so hard, we walk in so defensive, we walk in so protected because we serve in a place that is, that can be very um, aggressive, um, that can be extremely uh, litigative. So I mean, the litigation has mm-hmm. everybody on an edge. So, I mean, everybody's always up in arms, ready to protect themselves. Who didn't do their blood? Who didn't do the x-ray? Why wasn't it reported? Like, everybody's just ready to charge. But I think if you just relaxed and smiled a bit, like, everybody will do exactly what you wanted, exactly the way you wanted. Like, if we just served in a happier area, we'd serve a little better. So, I think that's the superpower doctors don't use enough. A smile. Mm. Um, I know know of a great um, obstetrician who greets patients and he, he, he will shake their hands and he will, he will be so interested in the patient. I remember as a registrar, sometimes we used to think, no, this one's wasting a lot of valuable time, but there's so much value in what he did because the patients were more relaxed. Mm. They will tell the patients things they didn't tell you when you were clocking them under pressure. They will tell him things that mm. will help our management a little better. I mean, the family members will come and, offer lots of information that makes the journey of treatment even better, even more holistic, even mm. like humanism amongst the medical professional is so important. And it's the, that you can have as many clinical skills as you want, but you will not get me to consent if I do not trust you. You'll not get me to consent yeah. to the surgery that you are so good yeah. at if I do not trust you, if I cannot, if I cannot, if I cannot suffer, surrender my life if I cannot relax in your presence you know so if we created a more maybe homely is a bad word because it's not a home it's a hospital Mm. but a more hospitable you know a more friendly environment for not only the patient for the people you are working with because I mean if you are shouting at the intern degrading the registrar as your consultant there's no way that patient is going to be comfortable in this home if you're shouting at the wow. nurses and the nurses are shouting in defense like if this, there's this just aura and sure. energy like how do we expect to give health to our patients we need healthier relationships with ourselves with each other with the allies that work with us in mm. order to serve our mm. patients better so humanity is the superpower we don't use humanity is the superpower they don't teach us humanity is the superpower they don't encourage humanity vulnerability there's nothing harder than being vulnerable it nothing. comes at a cost the uh, only thing is don't know the cost is growth the cost is openness the cost is a healthy environment the price we pay that we get back is so beautiful but it takes a deep breath like everybody knows when you laugh. Everybody knows when you are gentle. Ha, ah, they are coming for you, Mrs. Reg. You know, you don't want everyone to know that when you have a gold tooth at the back. No, they must know the no. stern. Give it the beast, the beast, the beast. No, the gentle, the lady, the gentleman, the, the one who greets, the one who smiles is the one who gets the most work done because that's the one who heals the patient without even touching that's the one who comforts the patient in time of turmoil i mean that diagnosis we give that we can never take back if i tell you your baby has demised your baby is no longer alive Mm. there's no amount of clinical skills that can change that or make that experience better Mm. but if i hold your hand and i sympathize with you if i smiled when you walked in if i Mm. asked how are you doing mama how can we help if I'm more gentle, that fall for the patient is met by a cushion of love from the doctor rather than, so if your baby wasn't playing for two days, why didn't you come? Blah, 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 blah. Like, mm. breathe, doctors. <laughs> breathe. It's okay. Rest, Bafuit. Rest. Rest. <laughs> <You> must rest. <laughs> for the human doctor to come out and play with the patient and play with her colleagues. All his colleagues. Sure. sure, that was so. I, like, I have no words because you also answered your own superpower that I was going to tell people having been your mentor, mentee, 
what I think your superpower is, you told them, which is it's your humanity. I get this image of you. If we are all rushing into the front door of a hospital with our stethoscopes and our white coats, you're the one who is clothed in chateau in whatever outfit you came in. And you're the one that people are going to yeah. end up following because you look least like us. It makes you, that's what makes you the leader is because you took away the molds that makes you unapproachable, hard. Like, you know me, I'm not a fan of Obs and Gani. So even going into the block, I was just like, oh, Lord, <laughs> help me, please. But finding you made it like so worth it. So much so that four years later, here we are still engaged in a mentorship relationship. Yeah. And that's also what makes it yeah. easy for people to be vulnerable with you. And to your point, we trust people who give themselves to us, who are vulnerable to us. And even if they come and knock on doors, they shouldn't be knocking on in time, you'll open the door to them. And I've seen that happen with you and me as always. <laughs> you'll knock on doors. I'm like, no, 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 no. There's a do not disturb sign here. Nobody touches this door. Why are you fiddling here? But in time, because I trust who you are and I trust the authenticity with which you love at all levels, either as a clinician or as a person, I'm able to give that to you and trust you with the parts of myself I'm most afraid of. And that's also what I want to honor and thank you for on this podcast today in front of everybody who will listen. It's just thank you for creating a safe space for my heart, for helping me wrestle with the tension of being the clinician and the innovator and the leader and also the girl who's wrestling her own life um, and giving me permission to be yeah. all of them in one. And I think that's also what yeah. clinicians need more permission to be, to be their full selves, to be winning in one area and losing in another, you know, to be thriving in one area yeah. and resting in another, because that's the truth of our human experience. And when we can approach our lives yeah. and our work in that reality, we're more empowered, we're safer, but we carry hope better because we're aware that it's safe to be us in whatever context we're in. So thank you for giving me that superpower. I live it every day, literally. Um, <laughs> so we talk like every day. Um, and I'm so thankful that people yeah. have, have had the opportunity to hear and lean from what I get access to almost every day of my life. And so just to close the podcast, I want to ask you, where can people get a hold of you and tell us a little bit about what boss mom wife is? Okay, a little disclaimer, guys. I haven't always been awesome. I have had my flaws. I have shouted at patients. I have shouted at life. I have shouted at an intern. But your girl is out here trying to grow, trying to get better. I'm sorry to everybody who I wronged, but here we are. I am better. Here we are. Um, so, yeah, your girl is the original boss. Yes. Yes. Mom. Yes. Why? Yeah. So yes. that's like my superpower, being all three in one all day. Um, so you can get a hold of me on Instagram as Boss Mom Wife South Africa. Um, I'm not yes. on Facebook. Um, you can email me on nomsa.mcv at gmail dot com ask me anything we can engage i love meeting young people i love meeting innovators i mean the last few episodes i've just been so in awe of how young people are so interested in change and in mm. in making things better for the healthcare system and i know how we elders are just like because we know the effort it costs us to make change but i'm yeah. here i'm open like i'm willing for people to share different things with me I want to see the healthcare system change, mm -hmm. like for the better, for our people, for our, for our patients, even for ourselves. I want it to be a much, much, much happier space. And we're working on all sorts of platforms for the boss mom wife um, platform because she took a bit of a knock during COVID yeah. um, for a lot of personal and um, some obvious um, South African <laughs> reasons, you know, yes. COVID was a bit of was it was a lot and yeah. your girl was just trying to stay afloat yeah <laughs> so yeah we're working on a lot and we'll keep in touch we'll keep in touch but mostly I think I for now we just have an Instagram page which is not very active but yeah I see I'm being called out of my slumberland <laughs> <laughs> and we will find the path <laughs> we will yes we oh and my son coined a new phrase for me um, where he put together how he sees me and he calls me Dr. Mommy. 
And I just feel that's the legacy I want to leave behind. I want to be the doctor that that grooms and raises and nurtures the next generation of doctors. I think my time mm-hmm. has come and passed. And this is who I've been raised to. This is all it was about. Like my whole journey as messy mm. and as scary and sometimes sad as it is and as awesome as it was. Like you can ask anybody who met me, I enjoyed my rich time, even though I don't have the full fruits <laughs> of it. I still yeah. had the best time in my life, you know? So I want, so to me, that whole journey has just literally spoken into my next role in the healthcare system. I want to nurture the next generation of doctors. I want to create a space or create an environment where they are free to become, they are free to bring change, they are free to challenge us with respect, of course, and gently, you know, (laughs) and we all work together to create the best kind of system for ourselves, for our patients. I want to create, like, I want to be part of the movement of humanizing the doctor. Like, Dr. Mami wants human doctors around her, like, that's the next phase of medicine. That's the next. You want to heal the healthcare system? You, wanna, you want healers to become healed? You need to humanize them. You can't heal God. Yeah. You can't touch a God. So bring Come them down on. to earth and let's give them a couple of hugs. And they should be all right. So yes, boss mom wife, she's the one. Dr. Mommy, she's absolutely the one. I just, <laughs> I don't know. And to give off myself as best as I can, but retain enough of myself so that there's always something to give. Oh, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. This was such an enriching conversation. I mean, for me, always being in your presence, being around you serves my soul in the most incredible ways. But I'm hopeful that the people who get to listen in on you also have been blessed by this. Thank you for your willingness to evolve, to not be stuck to a mold, to see us and to see our contribution and to tell us that like our dreams are valid. You genuinely, Mm -hmm. genuinely, genuinely are our mommy and we run to you because (laughs) you're a safe place (laughs) for our souls. So thank you so, so much. I also just want to say thank you to everybody you've just, you've managed to interview recently. I just want them to know they yes. fired up my soul. They made it easier to become different in the healthcare system. They made it, they gave me hope. Like mm. they gave me hope. I am so impressed with the next generation of doctors. I'm just praying there are more people who are willing to hear them out, more people who are willing to let them grow. Like let them seep into the healthcare system like a cancer and take us down that's what it costs because they are good that is a good specimen of young people and I mean I watch my interns and I just I see little things that break young doctors slowly but surely daily and I try to always come up and God will embarrass me he'll just take me back to my own story like, this is what I'm doing. This is how you can do this better. This is what you need to do. Or if someone's in a, like, I find interns come to me when they are in difficult situations with their other seniors. Like, how do I manage this? How, now I find I need to go and look conflict management in their workspace. <laughs> what is legal? What is not? How you, like, like, the young people keep me learning, keep me mm. reading, keep me hungry, like, for more. Like, I definitely want to become an obstetrician gynecology gynecologist soon but I also just want to be present like I want to be present in the growth I want to be present in in this space that is being created I want to I want to water it Mm. I want to put manure like I want to I want to be working there so that you guys can grow like I want to see your seeds like I want to plant all of you I want to bury all of you because I trust that you are good seed like come on guys young people (laughs) and hearing your excitement is is compelling you know it encourages us to to not stop so it means the world and thank you for how you show up and shine in the world um thank you for shining your light we absolutely need it absolutely see what i mean that is what a powerful and dynamic mentorship relationship can do 
I hope that wherever you are listening from, your spirits are lifted and you're encouraged to know that while we definitely face many challenges in the healthcare system, there are people above us who are not so stuck in the way in their ways that they aren't willing to see that change is possible, not just for the generations coming after them, but for them as well. And I truly hope that that's what you took from this episode. There are so many things I want to reflect on from Dr. Alliance podcast and what she shared with us, but I won't. <laughs> I'll let you sit and marinate on some of those things by yourself, but there are a few I want to pick up on that I think we just need to hold on to and remember as we journey through our days. One of the things that she shared about in the beginning was why she values mentorship, and I think the theme of what she highlighted was the power of exposure. It will add so much value to your life to be exposed to the people who look like what you see in your mind and even if they don't exist to be around the people who are willing to comprehend it with you i definitely didn't necessarily have anybody to look to when i thought of what young md could be but i did find people who cared enough to entertain the vision and sometimes that is what you need so if you can find people above you who are willing to entertain your vision your ideas hold on to them lean into them that is the value of the mentorship relationship. And then I told you she had many quotables and I am going to quote the quote I didn't get to say while we were recording, which was, people need to be conscious of who they are and what is available inside of them. That's the task for every healthcare professional. Find out what's inside of you that you can give without losing. Ooh, that was so good to me and I hope it was good to you too because isn't that the crux of the matter aren't we all here trying to wrestle between the tension of having to pour out till we empty yet still stay full to do the rest of our lives it's what Matt from Docs and Slops was talking about when he was talking about having a fire that stays lit on the inside of you in one of the earlier episodes and I think it's what we're all deeply trying to pursue we know that being clinicians, at least for many of us, is something we deeply value. We know that many of us can't imagine our lives outside of the profession, but what does it look like to cultivate environments that make sure the safety and the fullness of who we are can still be represented and not be lost in the sector? I dream of that day, and I know it's going to happen as we continue to immerse ourselves in processes and spaces that allow us to entertain narratives that give us the power to be just that, even if the whole sector isn't that all at once. So I hope that deeply, deeply encouraged you. And then the one thing she said that she says to anybody who's a mentee all the time is to de-guard yourself. You know, that doctors need to be human again, that we need to step off the pedestal. And I don't think it applies just for doctors, um, but any healthcare worker. But I, I definitely think it it sits largely in the doctor space because we are the ones who, who carry the complex, which is hard to hear sometimes, but very true. I mean, we need to get off that pedestal because that's the only opportunity we have to remain human. When we step off the pedestal, when we give ourselves power in our vulnerability. Dr. Feline, when she spoke about some of the pains that she has about the healthcare sector and reflected on the power that we have, was humanity and how closely linked that is to compassion. What would it look like for you to navigate your life without that hard, stern complex that we believe is a shield that protects us or makes us less uh, likely to be abused? But I think if we can gain the people skills we need to remain authentic and place boundaries that are real and easy for people to honor, then we won't need to maintain exteriors that make us look like gods because we are people and we get to be people and our power lives in our ability to remain authentic. So I loved what she said about removing yourself from the pedestal. I also think one of the most powerful things that does for us is it keeps us teachable. We're not fighting to reach the peak of knowledge or the peak of, you know, when it's done and when we can say I've made it, but we're always looking to learn and search about what it looks like to add value to ourselves and how we can use that to pour into our environment. So, 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 so many gems from this. And I also just hope that you saw the beauty of relationship. For those of you who are desiring that type of mentorship, like I said earlier on, the Yang MD platform is available for that. Look out for applications in June. 
For those of you who have mentors, I hope you are appreciating them. I hope you are celebrating them. I hope you are reminding them of the value that they add in your life. And one of the most powerful things I've heard about the mentorship relationship is that it leans on the mentee's vulnerability. If you have a mentor and it's not going the way you hope, ask yourself how vulnerable you're being. Ask yourself if you're right, if you're asking the right questions, because you can't pull from what you're not willing to expose is true about yourself or is true that you are disappointed in or disgruntled by in the current context of who you are and what what you're experiencing. So I hope that absolutely resonated with you. And so it is the second last time you will hear me do this in the season let us pray as i was thinking about what to pray on and what to share with you about after this podcast i really really reflected on those people who can't see the value of mentorship because they've been too deeply wounded by the people who are supposed to care and protect them or nurture them in their seniority roles i know that for many people that may be the story it is intimidating to think of it is scary to work through and a lot of people may have been hurt or bruised by senior peers or even peers in their years who've absolutely crushed them and i really want to say that there is an opportunity to experience different kinds of relationships in mentorship and particularly mentorship in the healthcare sector and those clinicians are available as Dr. Falayan said, they exist, but I want to pray into those wounds. So let's pray. Great God that you are. Thank you so much for the opportunity to do this every week, for the opportunity to connect with people and to give ourselves the time and space to work through the pain we sometimes feel as clinicians in the South African healthcare sector. Nothing is impossible with you. There is no dysfunction that can remain eternal in you. And so we thank you that as we take the steps to journey towards what it means to become a healer, you provide the relationships we need. Thank you for the people who've been hurt by mentorship relationships or by seniors and for the pain that 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 now frames the narrative of how they journey with people or journey with junior professionals. I pray for both sides, for those who are hurt and those who are doing the hurting. I pray that you would bring a healing that surpasses all understanding and that you would empower us to show up in the space whole enough to pour into the space so we can start to heal it. Thank you that this hope you give us of becoming healers is not a lie and we will live to see it in our lifetime. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you for joining me. I can't wait to see you next week for the last episode in season two of Becoming Healers. I love you and I mean it. This podcast is proudly brought to you by YoungMD. If you wish to be the official sponsor or partner of the Becoming Healers podcast, kindly visit our website at www.youngmd.co.za to find out how you can get in touch.